Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM Network. And you are joined by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me, my amazing co-host we have in the studio today, Matthew. Matthew, how are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm excited today. It's yeah. Friday. It's prep day. Get prep. ready for Sabbath. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What, what would you say you're grateful for at the moment? I'm grateful for my health being restored because yeah. uh, uh, I just sent a picture of us here at the studio to my mm. siblings and my sister quoted back, wow, you've lost a lot of weight, Matthew. <laughs> so, um, I love that. Me. I love getting that compliment of like, yeah, you look really fit. I lost a lot of weight. And you're like, really? I haven't, bro. I'm, I'm on the scales every morning and I know that I'm not. So, But have you? I, I have lost the weight, but... You know, the fitness side is yeah. what needs to be put up. So I may look healthy on the outside, mm-hmm. but the respiratory and everything else can be due with a good condition. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, hey, well, that's 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 an easy fix. Just start going to the gym. That's just it. Start getting it done. Did my cardio this morning with yeah. push-ups and Oh, and sick. Got to swim awesome. with my son this, this today before 4 o'clock. Oh, that's so good. Dude, i tell you what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for, for friends. So I'm not good at keeping up with people who I don't see regularly. Like, and unless I get them on a phone call, like, I just forget to text them back and stuff like that. But you're popular, Lawson. That's, oh, the, that's the issue, man. But you know, I, I call my, I have a good friend, James. I called my friend, James, yesterday to catch up, and we talked for, like, three hours on the phone. And we talked about life and God and ministry and reaching people and preaching and all these things. And it was just, like, a really, really good catch-up. It was, it was really, really cool. And I just, I really... You know, just thank God for having friends that even though it's funny because me, me and my friend, we catch up maybe, I don't know, once every two months or something. And then we have these like three hour, four hour long phone calls at every couple of months. Like you're never apart. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love it. Like I really, I really praise God for that. And I praise God for connecting with, with brothers in Christ. It's awesome. Coming up in today's show, we are going to be doing a Bible study in the book of Psalms in our second hour. We're going to be looking at none other than Donald Trump during our news section. We also have some other cool news to do and an interview with Joe about exercise and health. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And right now, we are going to get into our first quiz question of the day. And we need it especially because today, we are going to be spinning the wheel and doing the draw. So, guys, this is your last opportunities to get in for the Revive Cafe Cookbook number three. We want to give it to you absolutely for free. So, that means that you have to get ready. Get ready to to give an answer to this first question. Okay, friends. The following verse says this, Therefore, let us not blank one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Mm. It's found in Romans chapter 14 and verse 13. It's a mouthful this morning. Yeah. But it's a goodie. Therefore, let us not blank one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Romans chapter 14 Verse 13, what is the blank, friends? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you know the answer to that one, 0491 is the number to text there. And again, if you text with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win Revive Cafe Cookbook number 
three. Now, the more answers you get in, the more chances you have to win. But if you haven't put in any answers this week, we've, we've had people win off one answer for the last question. So, guys, this is your last couple of opportunities. You want this amazing prize. 0491-064-669 is the number to text. I also want to give a shout-out this morning to... I, I don't know exactly how to pronounce this. It's either Bribey or Breeby or... It's Breeby or Bribey Island in Queensland. Do you, do you know that one? No, but as long as you don't say Bieber Island. Yeah, yeah, that that that's not the word. That's not how it's spelled. How 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 would how would you say it, Shell? Bribby? Bribby? Bribby. Bribby. Well, hey, shout out everyone there. It's just uh, just beside the Sunshine Coast, just south, I should say, of the Sunshine Coast. And it looks like an absolutely beautiful spot. Like, I would love to go to this area. We have a transmitter out there on Bribby Island, apparently. People listening there on 87.6. If you are either from there or you are from that area or you've been there before, please give us some insight into how to pronounce that one. And, uh, yeah, let us know. If you, if you have been there, is it beautiful? It looks amazing, like, from the uh, from the old Google, uh, the Google images and whatnot. So hey, good on you guys. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. All the Bribby Island people, let us know how you are going today. Now, Matthew, yes, sir. what is happening in the world of positively different news? Well, I'm like yourself. I have a great affiliation for languages. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And I know you. Once lived over there in Spain. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I lived in Europe, and I, I really I really do love languages. I think they're interesting. I think that using language is a fantastic way to interact or to well, I was going to say like interact with people. Like obviously, if you didn't use language, then you wouldn't use anything. But particularly to ingratiate yourself with people from other countries and whatnot. If, like I found, if you can just like say some words in their language, and you really kind of get the accent down like if you if you practice a little bit so that you don't just not just like hola senor or, or parlez-vous francais like you, you practice a little bit they actually really appreciate it and you, you, i don't know i find myself ingratiating myself into into those groups but okay languages Language. languages there's something going on with languages what is that well the coolness of it all like i remember the navajo people that were utilized during the second world war mm-hmm. um in the way where their language was so coded mm. uh, when they gave coordinates for different sort of strategic uh, offensive attacks, especially mm. that the Japanese or the Germans they couldn't they couldn't decipher it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying to pick up on what the Americans were saying, they were just like, "What are that's, they talking about?" Like using turtles as a reference for tanks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, so cool. that's how it goes. There's this language. It's titled here: "89-year-old had to speak." To say believed extinct language of indigenous people who revered silence. Wow. And the context for that is they revered the silence because when there was colonization by the Spaniards, yeah. uh, they threatened these people to keep their language extinct, but not to yeah. talk, not to use their language at all. But they had to adopt mm. um, the Spanish language. Mm. That's why we have Mexicano. Yeah, that's that's right. Is that is that where this is in the indigenous people of Mexico? This is the indigenous. Well, this particular folk they're from Entre Rios in yeah. Argentina. Argentina. Okay. So this gentleman named Blas Jamie. I'm sorry if I've totally wrecked your name, Jamie. I didn't pronounce it properly. <laughs> it's spelled as B L A S G A I M E. Yeah, so it's probably Jaime, but it's probably easy for you just to say J- Jamie. Yeah, Jamie. we we know that guy. Yeah, just for our Aussie folk. Yeah. So, an 89 year old gentleman from the province of Entre Rios in Argentina yeah. is the last man alive who is responsible for resurrecting a dead language called wow. Chana. Chana. Okay. It's also quickly known as 
Lantec. Lantec. And it's a throaty, that kind of guttural spoken language ah. we use the back of your throat. And it was hidden in obscurity because, uh, via silence because mm. it was fitting to be spoken, as I shared earlier, sure. by the, the militant colonising Spaniards mm. at that time who conquered the then-known world of South America. But here's the good news, Brother Lawson. Uh-huh. It's that, that Blas Jamie, together with a linguistic assist, assistant friend of his, has single-handedly taken upon himself the daunting task of putting a dictionary of at least 1,000 wow. words with cultural and folklore references as well. Mm. Uh, their language and dictionary has been both recognised and supported by UNESCO which oh, is yep. the classic United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organisation. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I spent one hour of my morning to watch a 13-minute TED Talk. Yeah. Now, thank the Lord for Google Translate. Yeah. So I used that particular apparatus to decipher the transcript. Yeah. And this is what I learned. I learned that the China language and culture, uh, they describe the importance of respecting the God of nature mm-hmm. and respecting the earth and its elders, its children and its animals even. Mm. And the reason for that is, is the importance of preserving the old practices of utilizing also the rivers and lakes for water to mm. respect fire as the means of daily survival and medicines in nature, such as, you know, utilizing this particular sap in a tree that helped them keep their eyesight healthy, especially amongst their aging demographic. Now, mm. he further shared how their people survived using a bartering uh, system as well and learned how to integrate the European system of storing food for winter and combine that with their own storage of water tanks. They had their version of putting earthen tanks underneath the ground. Mm. Uh, now, this is where he is informing the youth as well of the issues of polluted river systems, you know, with their garbage, especially plastics with this climate issues today. And hence, he's reminded to them of the responsibility of the China people by adhering to the old values of preserving not only their language, but also mother mm. nature. Now, there's a verse there I like. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 9 to 11. And it says, Who have ears to hear, let him or her hear. And mm-hmm. the disciples came and said unto them, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, mm. but to them it is not given. You know, especially like those other uh, verses that says um, that you, we must be as babes. Mm. And he communicated, he, he communicated his particular uh, stories out of the earshot of the Pharisees, but in the earshot of the humble people speaking mm. in their language, like using the, the stories of, of bakers or fishermen. Or farmers, farmers or grain or, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The CIA language. Point <laughs> <laughs> to God for the people who mm. are truly seeking the kingdom of God. Mm. So I found this particular, yeah, this story very, very, very cool in terms of how this man, he's the only man, believe it or not, Yeah, that's amazing. To preserve this particular language. Um, and conspiracy what I, theory. Conspiracy. What if he just made it up? Nah, I went for that on him. No, that's that's a really really fantastic story, and I think that's the case for a lot of South America. But the almost the entirety of South America speaks, you know, speaks Spanish, or you know, there's uh, Brazil which speaks uh, Portuguese, Portuguese, which is a Spaniard Spanish version, isn't it? It's right from the the European. Well, well, it's yeah, it's it's from Portugal, which is right beside there, because both Spain and Portugal at times were bustling empires, like colonial empires, and. And it's unfortunate that we've lost so much of that. Even though, like, I love the Spanish language and I love that all the people in those countries are united by being able to speak that and, and that you can communicate with them if you know Spanish. It's, you don't have to learn like a thousand different indigenous languages to, to, to speak to people from South America. But simultaneously, it's sad because there is a loss of that indigenous history. It is, it is. And then we, you know, from our studies here at uni, mm. that language is so important that mm. uh, sadly, the, uh, uh, now I'm not shaming, blaming what I mentioned in the Vatican, uh, part of their history was when they were dominating nations, mm. they would say, you either 
take on our culture, you get baptized in the Catholic Church, you know, mm. cross over into these rivers. I remember they did that to the um, to the Celtics. Yeah. If you do not, we're going to obliterate your existence from history. Yeah, wow. So I just realized the importance of language and culture forming the identity of a people. And we remember mm. the Waldensians, mm. how they preserved the Bible, showing their identity to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's happened a lot in South America. I think there's some practice in South America that I'm thankful were done away with in colonization, like human sacrifice and whatnot. But um, it's it's really, it's fantastic to see there is some preservation of some aspects of their culture that is actually, I think, a positive to preserve, like language. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And Matthew, you're going to get our next question for us, please. I am launching with this question. What stewed legume did Esau sell his birthright to his brother for? Yikes. So context, what stewed legume, that's the answer we're looking for in that area. What stewed legume did Esau sell his birthright to his brother for? I'll give you a clue. I, I like this particular stewed legume, but I don't like it n- enough to sell my uh, birthright for it. Hey, it's, it is yum, but it's not that yum. I mean, the point was not that it was tasty or not. It's that he was really tired and felt like he was going to die or something. But hey, 0491064669 is the number to text if you know that answer. And if you do, you'll go into the draw to win the Revive Cafe cookbook number three, which I dare say would probably have a recipe on how to cook this particular stewed legume. Absolutely. So, hey, 0491064669, that is the number to text. If you know the answer, if you do, again, you can win Revive Cafe Cookbook number three. We're drawing that today at 8.45 roundabout. So these are your final opportunities to get in to win the prize. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And this morning, we're going to talk about blasphemy. Awesome. Blasphemy. Are you serious? I'm not going to blaspheme, but we're going to talk about blasphemy. Okay. We're going to be talking about an accusation of blasphemy. Like Jesus was accused of blasphemy. Jesus was accused of blasphemy. Why was Jesus accused of blasphemy? Like what What from Jesus' words constituted blasphemy? Okay, one of two situations, I need you to correct me if I'm wrong on these two. Um, one of them was when he was forgiving someone. Mm. And he was accused of, you know, only God has the right to forgive or pardon and the other time, uh, he was uh, blaspheming God by usurping the position of God. Right? Mm. Uh, yeah, he's right, claiming to be the son. Yeah. Of God. Yeah, that's usually the case. It, it is called blasphemy when we either put ourselves in the position of God or claim to do the actions and the abilities <laughs> or have the attributes of God, like the ability to forgive sins, which is, you know, a God alone could do. It would be blasphemy this morning if I was to say, I created the world. Like that would be blasphemy because yeah, that is right. a, that is an attribute that is solely attributed to God. Now, none other than current presidential candidate and former president Donald Trump has been accused of blasphemy. Now, uh, before we get into his blasphemous claims, he has recently won in Iowa. They had the uh, the Republican primary there, and he was able to to win that one and and get it done by. Uh, uh, quite a margin as well. He secured 51% of the vote versus 21% oh, wow. of Ron DeSantis, which pre the primary, a lot of people were looking at Ron DeSantis as p- 
potentially like a lot of people looking at Trump they're like okay it's Trump you know and he's got a lot of attention at the moment and but they're they're like oh this you know DeSantis we talked a little bit about DeSantis on the breakfast show like DeSantis is is really legit he could be our guy but yeah it was a real landslide victory for Donald Trump in Iowa but uh, I really see and I've said this four years and I think you know a lot of people have said this but I have said this for so long Donald Trump is like the biggest Christian panderer of all time. Like, 100%. Like, 100%. And we, we talked a little bit yesterday, actually, about Lil Nas X, uh, the rapper, and, and his attempt at pandering a little bit so that he could continue to grow his fame and notoriety as an artist and how that kind of backfired on him because while because he was pandering as a Satanist for a while and while Satanists enjoy the attention that they can get, Christians don't necessarily like that. And that has been the case with this particular story where he's been accused of blasphemy and that's because, so in his ad campaign, uh, there there was a few quotes there that really kind of startled pe- people and got them riled up. Uh, firstly, it says here, like, God looked down on a planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker, which is like from the book Genesis. of Genesis. And, and then it continues on and it says, so God gave us Trump. And then it continues to call him and describe to him. It says he is, describes Trump as a man who cares for the flock and a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. Oh, wow. Which is language being ascribed to Trump that, yeah, makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And a a number of Christians have come out and said that this demeans Christianity. Obviously, these lines are prescribed specifically to Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he is the the shepherd and whatnot. But but at the same time, like, pastors are also, like, that that occupation is likened to a shepherd, to be a shepherd of the people. So I don't necessarily think that that one is bad. But to call him a, uh, a, a, a shepherd of the flock, uh, of mankind, who won't ever leave nor forsake them. Again, like, the, yeah, if anything, I, I think it's, I think it is in a way appropriating, and I think it's. Th- th- but I don't even mind it that much. Like I'm not even. I'm not even that upset with that being like. Like he didn't say, "I am God. I can forgive sins." That kind of thing. It's just like likening him to Jesus, which likening Donald Trump to Jesus is already pretty cringe and pretty bad. But what I don't like even more is the fact that it is just grade A pandering. Like <laughs> Donald Trump. For, for everything that gets said about him, whether he's a good president or he's not a good president or he's a criminal or whatever it may be, like, this guy, to me, when when I see him, is is the only reason he... This is my opinion. It might be harsh. Over and over again, he has proved that the only reason he takes on Christian mon- uh, Christian moniker is because it makes him popular with his voter base. Uh, especially with the evangelicals. Yeah, that's right. And and one of the biggest instances of that, and I keep going back to this in my mind, because it's just one of the most awkward interactions ever, is when he's talking to Christian press, and they're asking questions about, like, what church he goes to, and he's like, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm a bit above church now. He says stuff like this. And then furthermore, <laughs> then they say to him, Donald Trump, what is your favorite Bible verse? And he goes, uh, mm, my favorite verse. And he goes, oh, well, that's actually very personal to me. And it's not something that I want to get into at the moment. And they're like, your favorite Bible verse? Like, that's, you know, every Christian has a favorite Bible verse. Like, do, do you have any... Even 
even Joe Biden could quote the Bible. Like, what, for Joe Biden, for, for, for his faults, and I'm definitely not pro-Joe Biden, but he, in a number of his speeches, he quoted Psalms and hymns, and, and he's quoted the Bible. Donald Trump, he just refuses, just stands there and refuses. He just goes, look... No, he's just like, he, and then they start pressing him even more. They're like, oh, come on, man. Like, you, you know, you said you're a Christian, da, 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 da. And he's like, well, actually, this is very personal to me. And I'm kind of taking offense to the fact that you're forcing me to do this. Like, he, this is, and, and he starts to get like snippy with the media and then just walks off. And it is the most awkward interaction I've ever seen. This is during his presidency as well. So to me, like, I see stuff like this and I'm like, this guy is just a panderer. I'm sick of it. Like I'm, I'm uh, like people can accuse him of blasphemy, da, 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 but like what we need to understand it, and particularly as we're seeing evangelicals and the strong evangelical support for Donald Trump, support Donald Trump. Go for your life, like live your best life because of his policies. Yes. But to say that Donald Trump is a grade A example of Christianity, like I'm just like, man, like let's let's. Let's let's chill out a little bit. <laughs> I know I know I sound like I'm, I'm ranting a little bit, but I kind of am. I'm just like th- that's just what gets me about all of this. You can accuse him of blasphemy, you can accuse him for this, that, and the other, but you, you, one thing you definitely can't say is that he's he's a beacon or a model of Christianity, or even you know for a little bit there there was mo- there was literally movies coming out about how Donald Trump is fulfilling Bible prophecy and he's like. A, a, a savior, you know, of the American people and, and all these things like from evangelicals, which uh, just shocks me. It just really shocks me. He's, he's a politician. He's a presidential candidate. He's really rich. He runs the country. He has a certain, he has a certain way about him. He's a, he's a, he's a popularist. He's a nationalist. That, that's who Donald Trump is. But don't, don't stand there and say, this guy's a Christian. Now, I also just want to quickly highlight a good story from Iowa, which is actually kind of tragic, but I think really shows on, on the other side, Christian ethic. And that is the principal of a middle school, a Christian middle school in Iowa, who was able to sacrifice his own life to stop a 17-year-old school shooter. And this guy, he's, he was revered as a person of faith in his church community, in his school community, and he made a decision to like lay his life out there to save the children of his school. And basically, he he, talk, he tries to talk down the shooter, and he has a brief conversation with the shooter before getting shot. And because of that, most of the students were able just to, to fully get out of there. And it's just, you know, he eventually succumbed to his injuries after after getting shot. And right there, it's like, okay, you know, if we want to talk about who's a Christian and who's not a Christian, and I see this person who, based on their principles and their ethics and their confession as well, you know, they make a confession of Christianity, but furthermore, they said, the lives of others are, are more important to me. And as the Bible says, like, no greater love is this than to lay down your life for f- your fellow man. Mm-hmm. And that's what this principle has done. And for, for the students of his school, he's taken responsibility. And I see stories like this and I say, wow, like, I don't, yeah, whether they want to ascribe a, fl- a shepherd who'll never leave the people to Trump. But then I see a story like this and I'm like, you know, from Iowa as well. I'm like, this person laid down the life of people. That's where we see Christianity. That's where we see the rubber meet the road. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we're going to start off again with our next quiz question. The question, friends, being what famous question comes from Cain's lips after God asks him a question? Oh, okay. So God shows up, asks Cain a question, and then Cain responds back with a question. It's usually a bit of a power move, eh? Like in, in conversation, you know, someone like... Like if I was if I was to walk in here and I would say, 
you know, did you did you make me breakfast, Matthew? And then you responded back and said, "Well, did you make me breakfast?" Like that's all. That's that's combative, and we see some 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 combativeness here between God and and Cain. What is the question that Cain asks? That's right. What what famous question comes from Cain's lips after God asks him a question? And I liken it to two classic responses to God. I shouldn't call them classic. I should call them actually disrespectful. Mm. Um, there was that situation in Job where. God asked Satan, where have you been, Satan? Mm. And he, instead of saying specifically where he's been, you know, I've been fishing by the riverside. No, he goes, I've been to and fro, up and down the, the earth, mm. walking to and fro in it. Yeah. You know, it, it's a very general answer. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's like they're both answers of pride. Like, like Satan's answer, and then this answer here, which we won't, we won't give away because you, you need to guess it. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, 0491 What was Cain's answer? Or the question, sorry, that he gave to God in answer, in response to a question that God asked him. Absolutely. 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And on the phone, we have none other than Joe, the physio, to talk about exercise with us. Now, this is very exciting to me because we get to get... We get to have one of my very good friends on the radio. I'm absolutely stoked. Joe, are you there with us? Morning, Joe. Hello, Lawson. Yeah, so Joe, you're joined by, by well, me, Lawson. And we've got Matthew in the studio as well. And we're so stoked to have you on the radio and to talk about, uh, well, a specialty of yours, actually, exercise. Yes, yes. Um, yes, well, um, I mean, it's... Uh, it's- just finished the, the Christmas season and uh, many people have been feasting over the time and and it's the new start of the year and as I could understand that many people have their new year resolutions such as doing more exercises or losing weight so that's why I thought that it may be an interesting topic to talk about today. Yeah absolutely well actually before we get into talking about exercise let us know like a little bit about yourself what's your background obviously you're a physio but you know where have you where have you come from where have you done your studies um and yeah what's the work you're doing now? Yes so um um so I was made in China, upgraded <laughs> in Singapore, and uh, the final version was completed uh, at uh, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle University, mm. and I graduated with a, a physio degree from Newcastle University uh, in 2016. So I've been working as a physio for eight years now, um, worked in uh, both the public system and also for the private sector, mm. so the private hospital, uh, private practices in the community. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much a brief story about me. And currently, uh, for this year, I've decided to uh, give myself back to uh, to God and mm. uh, offer my service to God. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do this year. Amazing. And that's been a bit of a journey for you as well that I've been really thankful to be a part of, uh, you know, to see you step, you know, with your first foot forward into Christianity and into following yeah. Jesus, and uh, and I probably mentioned it on radio around the time you got baptized. Actually, that you know, and uh, I was really stoked to be a part of that, and a part of Uni Church as well, Newcastle University Church, and 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 to see you a part of that. So, oh man, it, it, it warms my heart that you can join join us on radio today and to talk about. I think, like, well, obviously a passion of yours, and obviously something that you've you've gone out of your way to study. But yeah. furthermore, um. Yeah, to to use it in a way that that's a blessing to our listeners and a blessing to to people of church and whatnot. But hey, let's start with some some insight. Let's start with some cool. some information. So we're in the Christmas period. Well, we've just finished it off. We've got those kilos on. What? Where? Yeah. Where should we go? Where should we start? What should we do? 
Well, I suppose um, looking at the general guideline that we should be aiming for 2.5 to 5 hours of moderate intensity physical activity uh, mm. every week. So um, that means you're looking at probably half an hour to an hour of moderate intensity mm. every week. And then uh, if we're looking at the more vigorous activities, then that's half of the time, which is probably 15 minutes to half an hour every every day. Mm. Um, so uh, with that in mind, considering that, you know, with two weeks of break and having some extra food in our tummy, and we have not been perhaps as fit as we were before the Christmas season. So I think it's very important that we should uh, take our time and slowly uh, um, progress ourselves back to the pre uh, uh, um, holiday season level, <laughs> yep. uh, so so that we don't hurt ourselves. Um, and when I was working for the public system, we did uh, see quite a few patients that were weekend warriors, and they just try to push themselves a bit harder than necessary uh, to achieve a quote unquote co- a goal that they had in mind. And I mean, the general idea is that the exercises should be fun and sustainable mm. uh, because it's a lifelong journey, uh, just like we're having three meals a day, um, uh, drinking water uh, many times a day, uh, exercise is the same thing. We cannot go, well, I will just push myself uh, really, really hard for one day of the week and then uh, let it go, let it slip for the rest of the week. So mm. that's why it's important to take our time. And I think it's important to know what is moderate intensity as well. Mm. Um, since I think you know, most people would go, well, it, you know, it's easy for you to say moderate intensity, but what exactly is it? Yeah, that's a, so, that's a fantastic question because I know that – uh, especially, I see this a lot in running. A lot of people get yeah. caught up in like, you know, you chuck the watch on and particularly people who have like run before and then don't yes. run and then come back to it. And they're like, oh, well, my old pace was this. So I'll go like 30 seconds per kilometer slower, say, and, yes. and then that'll be moderate intensity. But still their heart rate is like average of 170 for their 5K run or something like that, which is ridiculously high. Like that, that is massively high so it's like to 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 understand what exactly an easy or moderate intensity exercise is 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 crucial because a lot of people miss it yeah so um that's a very very good point and i think um for those who are very interested in health they may use different gadgets to measure their heart rate and also comparing their previous fitness level uh with their current level so I think the general idea is that uh, we are our fitness level uh, is very day to day dependent. Uh, mm-hmm. On some good days, we can do really, really well. On some other days, you know, it's just another flat day to us. Mm-hmm. We're a bit wary. So um, perhaps it's not necessarily a good thing to compare with our uh, average performance, especially more than three months ago. Yeah. Uh, but more uh, focus on what we're feeling now. And I think that's the point that I was going to uh, talk about uh, is um, pretty much use three simple things to monitor your your performance. Um, the three things are, uh, number one, your shortness of breath, your breathing. Mm-hmm. And number two, if you're having any muscle ache or pain, uh, do exercise the muscle ache or pain. And thirdly, uh, your fatigue level. So um, those things may vary from, from day to day. So I think it's important to look, at, uh, look out for the three things. Um, so with the shortness of breath, uh, as an example, mm-hmm. if a person can exercise, say run, and at the same time can speak in full sentences as I am doing now, then they're probably not doing at that moderate intensity, but perhaps more of a mild intensity. Mm-hmm. They can push up their exercise intensity for a bit. On the other hand, if they are only speaking 
one or two words at a time. I think <laughs> that is a bit too vigorous. Yeah, so yeah. that's the high intensity exercise that you're looking at. So the somewhere moderate. in the middle there, like yeah. somewhere in the middle between just like speaking fluently and being completely like out of words, out of breath. That's right. So you want to puff up a little bit, but not really struggling for breath. Mm. So that your moderate intensity uh, on the breathing front. And uh, and some other people may go, well, like when I'm lifting weight or when I'm uh, doing strength exercises that I may feel some ache or pain in the muscles. Mm. Uh, and using ache or pain as a guide, again, um, there, there, there are some suggestions as well. So if you're exercising and then you have a smile on your face, you, you know that it's uncomfortable and you can yeah, listen to our radio, have a joke with people. Um, that's probably too light of an exercise yeah. to be honest. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if you're, yeah, if you feel like punching your neighbor in the face and going, well, I'm just in so much pain. I'm sweating. I'm turning red, turning pale, turning sweaty. Yes, there are warriors that do that and they go, well, I'm a man. I'm a bloke. I like to push myself very hard. Um, <laughs> I love the analogy. Like, yeah, if, gonna, if you're in so much pain that you are like so upset that you're going to punch someone in the face, that's definitely too much. Like, that's that's. Yeah. I love that. That's that's a fantastic metric to to understand. Yeah. Where you're yeah at. So use your use your face as a guide. So if you have a smiley <laughs> face while exercising, go harder. Yeah. If you look serious, that's probably the right intensity. You know, don't talk to me. I'm exercising. I'm in a bit of pain. It's uncomfortable, but that's okay. Um, it's supposed to be slightly uncomfortable yeah. while you're doing it. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're going all um, all sweaty, pale, or red, I feel like punching anyone, or I feel like vomiting, yeah. that way too hard Dude, to pull back. I like I, I've I've got a bit of a weak stomach in general, and I have definitely thrown up in the gym toilets before. Like that that is a that is yeah. that is a that is a thing that I have done, and it's and it's so funny because if I work myself up that much, then the next day. Oh, I can't even move. Like all my muscles are just so smashed. So it's like, yeah, yeah I totally get like that's, you want to come back a bit from that level. Hey, uh, Matthew, what, what did you want to say? Yeah. Um, Joe, I was hoping to ask you how important is mindset when, you know, when taking on your new leaf venture into getting fit again, for instance, um, is it positive to have a? Is it important to have a, that positive outlook, or is it? Should you should you use the wrong stresses? You know, like you're saying, oh, I'm, I'm angry. And, uh, you know, I want to punch out my neighbour. Uh, yeah, what should be the driving stressor uh, behind doing the exercise? Yeah, so um, there are two types of uh, motivators. One is internal and or intrinsic. The other one is the external extrinsic ex- uh, motivators. Mm. So intrinsic ones would be like, oh, I want to. Uh, be a better person. I want to move uh, more freely. I, I want to. It's about me. There are things that I want to do. On the other hand, there's the external ones. It's like, oh, my friends say that I'm fat. I should do something about it. Or, um, um, you know, uh, there's there's the peer pressure. I don't look as good on Facebook or on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're the external ones. So, or, or another example is, so the physio told me that I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the external one. So the general idea is that if the motivation is from another source, once that source is gone or once uh, there is a sense of, difficulty there and um, you will find that you want to push that back I, it's like I don't want it I, I, this is too much for me but on the other hand if it's from yourself within yourself then it's it's a matter of changing your lifestyle to fit uh, your goal 
that you set for the future. Uh, like say, for example, um, you say we're trying to lose some weight or uh, uh, be more um, uh, uh, tolerable with with say physical work. Then we go well. There's a there's a reason how to do that. So I want to do that on a daily basis, and I'm willing to change my lifestyle to achieve that goal. So normally that motivation will drive um, uh, uh, the participant for a, a longer journey and uh, achieving better success in the long run. Thank you. So in other words, it's better to work from a position of prevention rather than cure and to have your motivations be ascribed and prescribed. That's right. Uh, because the thing is, um, the longer we have a habit, and especially a bad habit, the longer or the harder it is to actually change it. Mm. And if we can, you know, build a good habit like your like our savings, if we save up on a daily basis, when there is a, a misfortune happens, you know, one day if we're unwell or get hit by a car, God forbid, hopefully it doesn't happen. But if we're unwell. At least we have that uh, that savings of energy and habit that we can easily bounce back to the pre-injury uh, level with some effort. But on the other hand, if we have been sitting on the lounge and just you know, enjoying ourselves on a few oh. desserts and lollies and you know chips and whatnot, and you know it can be hard uh, if we do uh, hit a, a bumpy section of our life and go, well, I want to go back to the pre-injury level because again, if you have not much left or had in the in the quote unquote bank account in the first place, it's very hard to actually go back to that level. Mm, absolutely. Now, finally, I think so. We talked about we talked about shortness of breath. We talked about uh, muscle fatigue. I think there was a last one that you wanted to talk about as well. Yes, yes, that's right. So the last part is so the muscle part is more about muscle pain or right? muscle pain. Muscle pain. Right? That's right. And then finally, the last, fatigue. Yes, the final part is fatigue. So for the fatigue part. Um, yeah, using running as an example, and people go, well, how far should I run? Um, so the, the idea is that for uh, for a person going out from the starting point to the turning point, so that's the 50% point, that should be very easy. And on the way back, so another 25% later, so three quarters of the journey back, the person should still feel relatively at ease with the exercise and they should only push for the last 25, 30% of the journey. So if you're going out for a run um, to the turning point, you're already like, man, this is hard. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I I don't know why am I doing this today? Um, Then perhaps you're pushing yourself too hard. But on the other hand, on your way back, you're almost at home and you go, Oh, this is challenging, uncomfortable. That's actually the right intensity Mm -hmm. that you're after. So yes, as a summary that we look at, or breathing, making sure that you can still speak in short sentences um, at the right intensity, looking at muscle pain. You have a serious phase, but you can still tolerate the pain and ache. That's the right intensity. And looking at the fatigue level, we're only pushing for the last 25 to 30% of our exercise rather than pushing for the half or even more than that. So altogether, if you bring all three things together uh, and monitor yourself while you're doing exercises, you're pretty much uh, uh, on the right spot uh, of being moderate. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Joe, thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show and giving us this insight as to how we can get fit uh, for, for this new year. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.